Welcome to the Soul Tap podcast, you guys. Today's episode is going to be all about owning your confidence and building trust within yourself. I believe that confidence and trust goes hand in hand. Having trust within yourself is what is going to ultimately lead to confidence. So this podcast episode specifically is going to be for anyone who is interested in building their confidence or building trust within themselves. It's going to teach you how to own your strengths, but also your weaknesses. Um, And it is also going to be an episode that is going to teach you that action comes first before confidence. I think that sometimes we feel like we need to have it all together in order to be 100% confident in something. And I do not believe um, that that is true. I think that one of the biggest forms of self-sabotage that I've had to work through and go through and have to armor up with on a daily basis, even to this day, um, even with this podcast episode right here too, do you know how easy it would have been to put this off until I felt like I was totally ready to to do it, right? Um, But I think that the biggest form of self-sabotage and the biggest form of procrastination is feeling as though we need to have everything be perfect. You know, perfectionism kills us in so many different ways. Yes, we do need self-confidence. So one thing that I feel really passionately about, um, especially as a leader of an organization with people within my team who are also learning how to build their own confidence, is knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses. I think that this just allows you to be able to move through life in a more intentional and fluid way when you are confident in what you are good at and when you're confident in what you're not so great at, right? Um, So one tool that I think is really helpful, if you haven't done this already, is to use the Gallup Strength Finder. I do believe there's a free version of it. It might pump out your top like five or 10 strengths. I'm not really sure. Um, I actually, I've paid for it. I've invested in it and I think it's well worth the money. I don't know what it costs nowadays. I feel like it was like somewhere from $30 to $50 when I did it just a couple of years ago. Um, But what it does is it takes you through this process, this kind of test format. It's kind of extensive, but it doesn't take too long. Um, That asks you a bunch of questions and then generates your strengths. And you get to know your top strengths out of, I think there's there's 34 total. And um, the the paid version of it that I got, I am able to know my, my bottom strengths, I guess, and my, my weaknesses. And that has been so valuable. And the accuracy of this test is ridiculous. I can almost guess everyone who I know closely what their top strengths are just by knowing them enough. But then when they take the test, hang on, when they take the test and um, it validates that, I'm like, oh yeah, you definitely have that in you. So I want to give you an example of what my top five strengths are and what my bottom strengths are. So my first strength is discipline. My second is achiever. Number three is focus. Number four is consistency. And number five is futuristic. Now, all of these have different meanings and, you know, there's tons of different things that the Gallup Strength Finder website gives you as resources to know how you can actually work with these strengths and even develop these strengths depending on what you do. Um, but my bottom strengths, some of them are connectedness, command, includer, context or kind of like strategy and adaptability. And I cannot tell you how true that is for me. I am really good. You know, my first, my first five strengths, first five strengths are um, very much so 
independent. Like I work very well independently. And then all of my bottom strengths kind of have to do with the fact that I don't work the greatest with other people. That doesn't mean I don't love people. That doesn't mean that I, you know, don't want to have a a relationship based business or, or have community. That's everything that I want. Um, but I do not thrive working in groups or being told what to do, uh, which is why I am working towards having a full-time business for myself. So that way I control my hours, I control my schedule, and I control what I do with my time. That's just something that's really appealing to me. So aside from these strengths, I think it's important to know just what you are generally good at. And if you're following along right now and you have a pen and paper near you, I want you to meditate on that for a second. Even without doing the the strengths finder test, you know what you're good at and you know what you're bad at, right? Take a moment to reflect, maybe write this down for yourself. Just list all the things that you know that you're good at. You feel confident that you're good at. And, And also, It takes confidence to be able to state what you are good at. Sometimes that's an uncomfortable experience is saying like, yeah, you know what? I am really good at whatever, right? So some of the things that I'm good at, I will list out aside from those strengths that I listed is I'm really great at communicating. I feel as though I'm pretty good at presenting. I'm good at educating people, teaching yoga classes, teaching workshops, um, feeling other people's emotions and really kind of like feeling the room. I'm really great at taking care of myself, keeping things organized, relating to other people, managing money, um, relationships in general. I'm just really great at these things. Now, the things that I know myself, I know that I'm not great at and I'm not the strongest at is, like I said, I'm not great at working in groups with other people. I'm not great at adapting to new situations. So as you saw, my my last strength is adaptability, which means that when things go unexpected, it can really shake me and rock me. I do not adapt well at all. Let me give you an example. There's been just like a shift in my schedule and within David's schedule within the past couple of weeks. And it's taken me quite some time to find my footing with this new schedule. And it's not even that much of a big change at all. Um, But any sort of shift um, adapting is really difficult for me. Um, I am also not great at asking for help, which obviously puts stress on situations because you just, you need to learn how to ask for help in life. I'm not the great, greatest at cooking. I didn't get that Italian gene in me. I don't know. I don't know where my Nona's cooking gene went when it was passed down to me, but it didn't get passed down to me or my mom's. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, I like to cook. I like it, but I'm just like not good at it. You know why? Because I don't follow directions well. I want to do things my own way. And so let me give you an example of this. This is just a funny story. I, a couple weeks ago, I tried to make a homemade tikka masala. I love tikka masala. And I noticed that the consistency of it wasn't thick enough. And so I was like, I'll just add a little bit of flour to it. Whatever, right? Um, actually, I, I added arrowroot powder to it because I was like, that thickens things up, right? Yeah, sure, it does. But the amount that I added was so ridiculous that as David was eating it, he was like, babe, what, what are these pockets of like flour doing in here? It's kind of, it's interesting. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest at following following directions. Ask me to put something together. It won't happen. I'll probably break it because I try to do it my own way. Okay. I know I'm not great at confrontation. Um, I'm not great at criticism. I'm not great at, uh, sometimes, you know, managing my sugar addiction. That's a weakness of mine. I love sugar. 
And, you know, I list all of these things out and there's a bunch more, bunch more things that I'm good at and also a bunch more things that I'm not great at. But I'm not listing all of these things or having you reflect on all of these things for yourself to just point out like what you're good at and what you suck at. And that's it, right? It's an opportunity for you to reflect on these things so that way you can see where you can strengthen even more. So the things that we listed that we're not great at, it doesn't mean that we just stuck, we stay stuck there being a victim of sucking at whatever, right? Like I don't have to live the rest of my life being a terrible cook. Oh my gosh, Carissa, hi. Um, I don't have to live the rest of my life just saying like, yeah, I suck at cooking, right? How often do we do that though? How often do we stay stuck in the victim mentality of, I'm just really not great at that. So I'm not going to do it. Right. And we avoid it. Maybe certain things that's okay to do. Um, but I think that there's opportunity for growth here. And I think that that is where we have the opportunity to flex our muscle of building confidence, which does not just happen overnight. You don't just miraculously wake up feeling confident in a skill set or in a task or a hobby. You don't just do that. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow learning how to knit just because I want to learn how to knit. I have no idea how to knit or crochet or any of that stuff. And I'm never going to just wake up and know how to do that. And the reason that we feel sometimes inadequate or incapable of doing certain things is simply because we don't have the confidence or the trust in our abilities to learn those things. We haven't flexed that muscle yet. So how exactly do we build trust and confidence within ourselves in these different areas of life? Um, like I said, trust and confidence goes hand in hand. You don't wake up randomly with these things. You intentionally develop these skills. And an ex another example of this is how many of us have healthy routines that we've had to develop over time. We didn't just wake up one day randomly, you know, feeling like we should do our healthy habits. Most likely there was a pain point in our lives that caused us to feel like we needed to make a change. And maybe we got so fed up with the weakness or the, the, um, the, the pain point that we were dealing with, for me, it has been my mental health and my anxiety over my life. Some some moments I'm like, I something has to give and something needs to change and nothing is going to change if nothing changes, right? And, um, you know, you don't wake up feeling like that trust in yourself. I think working out and going to the gym is a really, really great example of this because I think, or, or going to a yoga class even. I think, um, I think that, you know, we... I think back to like the first days that I started working out and like moving my body intentionally and you walk into the gym or facility or you turn on the exercise video or whatever and you feel like you totally don't know what you're doing, right? Especially when you're you're in like a gym setting where other people are around you. It can be really uncomfortable. Shameless plug, I'm starting a beginner series, uh, yoga series. So if anyone wants to learn how to do yoga from a beginner's perspective, I got you. But anyway, um, it can feel really overwhelming, like stepping into that arena. And what happens? You you might not know how to do what you want to do, right? You might feel like you look like a fool or you might feel inadequate, but you did it. You got up, you exercised your body, and then the next day you try again, and the next day you try again, and the next day you try again. And over time, you start to flex this muscle, no pun intended here, but you start to flex your muscle of knowing how to do something. Oh, I know how to do a bicep curl now. Oh, I know how to get into downward facing dog. I know what that means. I've heard that before. And then you start to trust not only your ability to do the thing, but you start to trust your ability to 
your, your discipline that you are actually going to do it, right? I know that if I tell myself I'm going to the gym tomorrow, I am going to go. I am very disciplined in that way. However, if I don't put my clothes out the night before, I am not kidding you, I won't go. I trust myself enough to know that that is what needs to be done in order for me to actually do it. It might sound ridiculous. I also trust myself in my weaknesses too. My sugar addiction that I have, I cannot have certain things in my house. I can't. I, I've built the, um, I guess, distrust, if you will, over time with myself to know that if there is sugar in my house, if I have, if I have a package of Oreos in my house, I am going to eat the whole thing. It's not a matter of if. It's not a matter of if I'm going to have the strength not to. I am going to. I know that about myself. Some people might argue, okay, Sabrina, you have to, you know, figure that out, be stronger in that area. I'm not. I'm not. That is my, that is a weakness of mine. And so I think sometimes it's important to protect yourself by knowing your boundaries, by knowing the things that are trigger points for you, right? And um, that's where we build that trust and that confidence with ourselves. Um, so we trust ourselves. We know ourselves. Also, too, a, a note to say is confident people are not just miraculously blessed with confidence most of the time. Maybe some people are. But most of the time, people go through so many experiences and so many situations in order to to be confident in what they're doing. And they might not even be confident when they're doing the thing that makes them look confident. Let me have a real moment with you right now. Going live, I actually don't really love going live too much. You know why? Because I don't have control of who pops in. I don't have control of the comments. Um, I don't have control over if I say something wrong and someone catches on to it or whatever, or, you know, now it's, it's out there live. If I stumble upon my words, it's live. But the reason I do it is because it helps me flex that muscle of, first of all, doing something that's uncomfortable, but also practicing moving through perfectionistic ways, right? If I were to do this live recording, um, not on Instagram live, I would probably restart the video 10 million times. And this would take three hours instead of like 30 minutes. And I don't, I don't want that. This is a way for me to practice my time management skills too, and so much more. So just know that, you know, the people that are exemplifying confidence, they're working really hard. It's not, it doesn't come naturally for most people. Um, embark on the thing before you feel ready to do it, right? This kind of piggybacks off of what I just said. Experience is going to build confidence. I think that this is really important to understand in business too. A lot of my following on here is within the entrepreneurship community or the doTERRA business building community. Um, but I think this, you know, pertains to so many different areas of life is you have to start doing, you know, you start doing whatever you want to do before you feel completely ready to do it, right? You never are going to learn anything without being a beginner and without feeling a little like inadequate. And you know what, you guys, I say this to my beginner series that's starting this week. There is no better opportunity than being a beginner at something. I promise you, there's no better feeling of being in that grit of learning something new. It is so exciting and it is so exhilarating if you allow it to be and if you protect yourself from the self-doubt and the inadequate feelings and intrusive thoughts that are going to come in. I promise you, it's the best experience ever. And you know what? If you slip up, if you fail, it is going to be an opportunity for everyone around you to connect with you because everyone fails. Everyone slips up. Everyone makes mistakes. 
everyone has no idea what's going on in a lot of areas of life. And it's really alarming for me when someone tries to put on a show that everything is perfect. Um, I, I don't, I don't connect with those people. I don't like that at all. It is, is really hard for me. There's friction between me and people who, um, you know, try to co constantly put that show on for other people. And I want to use the example of teaching yoga for me. So I had a really awesome experience when I first started teaching yoga. When I was in my teacher training, I was 19 years old. And um, the training I was in was really good in regards to the fact that it was, um, you know, the teacher had us teaching in, in, the, in the studio and um, flexing that muscle and practicing that. Like the first weekend, I remember she was like, all right, so we're going to go up and teach. And you're like, what? I have no idea what I'm doing. But it was honestly the best thing that she could have done. And when I graduated from this teacher training, I remember my teacher telling me at the time, um, you know, you're going to start teaching as soon as you get out of here. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to take six months. I'm going to review. I'm going to study even more, even though I just did a whole training. I'm going to wait and, and wait until I have it really nailed down and figure out before I go out and teach. And she said, no, you need to get out there and you need to start teaching. If you want to teach, you need to start now. You cannot wait because you're just going to keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting and wait until you have this perfect class and this perfect voice and this perfect this and this perfect that. And I listened to that advice. I'm so grateful that I did. And I'm so grateful that I even had that advice and that experience. And I started teaching right away. And I have taught some of the best yoga classes. I've taught some of the worst yoga classes. I have slipped up. I have, you know, completely just whatever. And most of the time, like I said, the, the people who stuck around for all of those classes, especially in the beginning, are the people that I'm still connected with now to this day because they saw beyond my my mishap, right? And, and they related to me. They related to, you know, me saying left instead of right or whatever other stupid stuff happened or the music not working right or whatever. There was that that connection and that vulnerability, which we all crave, whether we know it or not, right? Um, and now I've had six years of teaching yoga I've taught thousands of yoga classes. I can teach on the fly. I can teach you a beginner class right now if you want me to. I can teach a core class right now if you want me to. We don't have music. That's okay. We don't have proper props. That's okay. I've got it. And I'm able to adapt. I think teaching yoga is the only place I'm really, really good at adapting in. But it's because I flex that muscle and I've seen it all over the years. And I started before I was ready. I started when my voice was shaking. I started when my voice was quiet. I started when my voice, I didn't feel like I even had a voice. I didn't feel like I... I who was I? Right. Um, and, and that really allowed me to make really big impact. I think it's important to be prepped for pushback too, prepped for pushback, um, mentally for yourself, spiritually, the spiritual warfare will be real when you start breaking past this. And also even maybe within your communities as well, people who are not willing to put effort into anything are going to be really, really uncomfortable when you start putting effort into something and you start growing confident in something, especially in your voice, especially in your voice. And a common um, defense mechanism is instead of developing their own skills, they will try to take you down instead. I've talked about this a lot. I don't really want to go super deep into that right now, um, but just know that that happens. And to expect that and armor up against that beforehand um, and you'll be all good. Take one small shift at a time. Don't go zero to 100 real quick. When I first started teaching my first yoga classes, I was not 
doing anything fancy. I stayed with the same class for like six months. I um, had the same playlist for probably six months too. I didn't switch it up. I kept it the same just to build that confidence in my voice and my ability. And then little by little, you start adding new things in, new moves, new songs. Um, and then that's where you start to expand. And you'll know when you're ready to go that next step. Expect the road bumps, expect the delays, expect the traffic jams. You're going to get stuck at times. Um, but you are going to consistently be moving forward as long as you're committed to that pattern of growth. This is a really important note that I have here. Flex on what you are good at boldly. That's something that I struggle with. Like, I'll, I don't receive compliments too well. If someone says, hey, you're really good at teaching yoga or you're really good at this, I might say something like, oh, no, no, kind of like shrug it off. Like we shrug off our compliments, right? Because we think that's the humble thing to do. And yeah, stay humble. Please stay humble. No one likes an arrogant um, a-hole. But I think that there's 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 a need for people being more bold in what they're good at. Yeah, I am really good at that. Thank you. Thank you. I've worked really, really hard on that, right? Sometimes we want to um, kind of dilute ourselves for the comfort of other people. And I think that's a really dangerous trap to fall into because you kind of get stuck. I've been there. Um, and it's it's not not the most fun situation to be in. But instead, posture yourself in a way that says, yeah, you know, I'm really good at that. I do have a lot of experience with that. Can I help you? Do you want help with this too? Because I can teach you that, right? Um, that's a whole different, you know, that's a whole different um, persona than saying, yeah, I'm great. I know, right? Obviously, that's just a whole different thing. Um, and then I want to leave off on this with a little bit of, of scripture. God is going to call you to do things that you don't want to do and that are going to call action out of you to step out of your comfort zone. Mm. And he's going to ask you to do things that you might feel really inadequate. He's going to ask you to do things that are going to um, force other people to maybe feel really uncomfortable too. But you have, you have to do it anyway. One thing I will share with you that I am doing that is extremely uncomfortable is integrating my Christian experiences, my Christian practice in with yoga. People are really unhappy about it on both sides. And I have such a deep calling from God on my heart that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And who would I be if I were to ignore that, right? I'm not going to listen to people. I'm not going to listen to the world. We're going to listen to God. At least I am. So another thing that I felt inadequate in is the fact that I'm so young in my faith in a lot of ways. I don't know this whole Bible. I, I, have, I have not read this whole Bible yet. Um, Yet I, I do feel like I am capable of sharing my experience with it and sharing scripture. That's something that held me back in the beginning a little bit. So I want to share with you um, a part of the Bible that I was actually brought to yesterday. Because I don't know the Bible well at all, I literally didn't even know where this part was in the Bible when God put it on my heart. I I just didn't know where to find it. I, I saw that I read the story before, but I just, I just didn't know exactly where it was. So I'm like flipping through like, where is this part? He told me to go to Exodus and I found it. Um, and I want to share it with you. It is when God calls Moses to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, which was a really bold thing to do. And I just want to read a couple things, um, a couple pieces of scripture. So this is Exodus 3, 11. It says, but Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that 
I am the one who sent you. And then later in um, Exodus 4, 10, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak and I, I will instruct you in what to say. And then it goes on to a really great story. I recommend you looking at this part of the Bible. And I do want to leave off with this. In the Bible that I have, um, there's a little sidebar that this isn't exactly scripture, but it's just a sidebar in the Bible that I think is really important. And it says abilities. Moses was not gifted as a speaker. He knew his limitations. Understanding our limitations and working within them is good if it keeps us from getting in over our heads. But we must not use our limitations as an excuse for avoiding what God calls us to do. God called Moses to travel to Egypt to help free the Hebrews from slavery. To do this, Moses would have to speak to the ruler of the land, in fact, the mightiest man in the world. But Moses had a speech problem. Did he think God didn't realize that? Sometimes God uses our limitations to teach us to rely more on his power. Hmm. When Moses stepped out in faith and he obeyed, God stretched the boundaries of his abilities. He also provided a resource, Moses' brother Aaron, to help. Never limit God, who can do anything through you if you let him. If that doesn't wrap up this podcast, I don't know what will. I hope that this was beneficial for you in some way. Please let me know if you listen to this all the way through. Please let me know how this impacted your life today. And I hope you go on to have an incredible rest of your day.